What's up, everybody? I am Travesty. And I'm Cartoon Joe. And welcome back to another episode of this freaking show. It is the weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. The same weekly podcast that is brought to you by FreakNet Studios. Guys, go to FreakNetStudios.com and check out all the amazing podcasts that are associated with this freaking show. Uh, Justin Wrestling and the Gray Area, us three make up FreakNet Studios, uh, an overall networking uh, thing that we're trying to do. Um, I don't know what you would call it. I know, uh, I know Sarge calls it a conglomerate, but, uh, I don't know what the fuck that word means, so I'm not, I don't want to use it. Um, I don't know, Joe, what would you call this? It's just a network, right? It's a network? Yeah, I just, I just call it a network. A network, maybe tool. a, a confederacy. Yes. Uh, but we, but we keep, but we, it has to be a different flag, though. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean, yeah, I, not not the Confederacy. Yeah, not the Confederacy. Confederacy. Like, yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't go yeah. the Confederacy. Like we're like, united, but we don't control each other's shows. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, I guess I guess in a way we do have a network if you consider our YouTube channel. Yeah. Right. Which guys, if you haven't had a chance yet, make sure you uh, go on to YouTube and search FreakNet Studios, and uh, make sure you subscribe to our channel, hit the notification bell, and notifications all, so you can get a update on whenever we release shows. Uh, Cartoon Joe and I have been releasing, uh, diet journey, uh, vlogs, uh, over the past week, pretty much every week, uh, for this summer so far. Uh, uh, so make sure you check those out. You can listen to uh, our journey through it and how we progress in our lives to make ourselves more, uh, healthy and, uh, find a better use of our time and, uh, longevity of life. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a nice way to kind of get some content out there until we can all get back together again and start shoveling food back into our faces as we rank them and shit in our own po- uh, point of views. Right. Well, the the trick is to get ourselves thin enough that it doesn't affect us anymore. Yes. Right. So when we do that uh, taste testing for ice cream. Yes. Yes. God, I love ice cream. Now, let me ask you some joke because we both just did something. Is there, is there is there do you feel like a sense of like. Like, like enjoyment, like just by going, yes. I do. Right? It's, it's weird, right? I mean, like you're just saying a word, but you're just like kind of like whispering into like a long kind of phrasing, but just it has a good feeling to it. It does. It does. It feels good in your throat. It feels good in your teeth. Right. It's, it's good. Like, over, overall, yeah. I think. Yeah. One yeah. day. That's a weird way of putting it, probably. But. <laughs> right. I, I can feel it in my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. But it works. I mean, it's 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 honest, Joe, and that's what we try to focus on here is honesty. And I get I can see where you're going like with that. No kidding, that that whisper of breath that goes right through the gaps. You know, what's that for me? I don't yeah. have perfect teeth, but no, I have terrible teeth. They're really <laughs> bad. <laughs> <clears throat> One day down the road, we'll make a show titled Yes, but not today because we're going to title this show after our guest that we have on uh, later on t- uh, in the episode. We're going to have Brian Lau, uh, the creator of Staunch Ambition, who we had on the show. Uh, previously and uh he actually come, came out with a new book uh Inferno City Firehouse based on uh real events of firefighters in uh Detroit City. So I can't wait to find out about that cuz I don't know anything about it. Well yeah, it, so it's been created since we last had him on because last time we knew it was just Stone Ambitions. Now this is something right. new, something exciting. Um <clears throat> uh if you go to uh, infernocityfirehouse.weebly.com, uh, uh there's more information out. There's actually kind of like a teaser video of it. Uh, I love love the uh, the animations and everything. We'll talk more about that because it's like black and white, but it's almost like shading. Absolutely nice. amazing. Um, I do know it is available on Amazon as well through the website, so we can talk more about that with Brian. Um, but before we do that, we do got to dive into what freaking happened this week. God, that's going to be a thing, <laughs> be a thing be a now, thing now. Isn't it? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, it's going to replace the Star Wars. We're going to do this every episode, and we're never going to do the Star Wars again. Right. <laughs> well, well, I mean, like, realistically, how many more people deserve a Star Wars dog? I don't know. You know? It's probably, yeah. It would have to take an extraordinary effort at this point. We're like, we're like one Star Wars recipient away, recipient away from it becoming just another participation award. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right? And we gotta make sure we stop before we do that, because we don't want to bastardize our, uh, our only, uh, award, our, our, our right. namesake award. Which right. I think technically you created it because that's something you said on a daily basis or something like I that. I did say it a lot. I do. I yeah. still say it a lot. In my head now, but and I, I think normally that's something you usually say to somebody. Like it's like one of those. It's like that phrase, like you know, "bless your heart." It's kind of like yes, that. that's exactly how I use right? it. <laughs> right. So maybe next season, yeah, follow your star. I guess. 
<laughs> Maybe next season we'll we'll turn the award into a bless your heart award, you know? Perfect. And then we'll get a trophy. But instead of like a heart, like a Valentine's Day heart, I'll just look like a human fucking heart. Like, like a regular heart. Yeah. Like right, like with, with fucking uh uh fucking uh what the hell are those fucking uh tubes that blood go through? What arteries. Okay. Yeah, arteries. I yeah. say veins Chambers or blood vessels, but those some. are not on the heart because they're smaller. <laughs> arteries right. is the right word. You got it. Is it just beers? I feel like this uh, this this show is not going anywhere. It does feel like it might not be going anywhere. Maybe you can go into the past. Right. Let's go to the past. Joe, you wanna you wanna travel first, or do you want me to? Uh doesn't matter to me. How about you go? I'll go first. Excellent. All right. Uh, July twenty second, nineteen ninety one. Jeffrey Dahmer is caught. Wow. Milwaukee police find human body parts in Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. Earlier that day, Dahmer offered a man $100 to pose for nude photographs. After entering Dahmer's apartment, Dahmer attempted to handcuff the man and attack him with a knife, saying he planned to eat his heart. Look at that shit. Wow. Uh, The man managed to escape with one wrist handcuffed and flagged on a police officer. When they went into the apartment to get the handcuff key, they found Polaroid pictures of human bodies in various stages of dismemberment. A further uh, search of the apartment found four severed head, uh, human heads in the kitchen, two human hearts, and uh, and other body parts in the refrigerator. The more body part and more body parts in the freezer. Scattered throughout the apartment were two complete skeletons and numerous skulls and bones. The following day, he would confess to having murdered 16 young men in Wisconsin since 1987. And another victim killed in Ohio in 1978. Jesus. Yeah. I I know we talked about possibly looking at uh, serial killers and stuff like that during this freaky show. Um, which We still should. I think it would be fun. I think think we definitely need to. Um, There's actually a lot of stuff uh, that's just been popping up so much about what we could do for October. One of the things we definitely want to talk about serial killers. Uh, we we got the we got those freaky tale stories that we uh, we're creating to do that. Um, and uh, we're also um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if you saw what uh, I shared on our uh, our Facebook page to you. Uh, Netflix is coming out with a new uh, series about haunted places in America Ooh. that uh, is really interesting. But also, uh, I found something on Facebook that I kind of saved for us to look at uh, down the line. Um, actual haunted places in Illinois that actually isn't that far away from us that we could actually maybe do some vlogging and stuff at too and kind of talk about it on the, uh, this freaky show series that occurs there in October. Nice. So I think I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to, uh, put the cart before the horse. I don't want to, uh, to, to build it up before we figure out exactly what it is. <clears throat> I feel like this freaky show, uh, series this year could be our best one yet. I agree. It's almost like it's ready to become its own spinoff show. I see it. All right. If we find the right host to do it, I mean, who knows? Maybe, right? maybe the freak Joe and, uh, maybe, maybe a travesty kind of character would come out. I mean, I, I know like when I did, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, I just called myself Sivart. It was just a backwards spelling of my name. So who Ooh, knows? That's fine. Well, maybe it could be something down the line. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I There's always it. possibilities for the future. But Joe, what freaking happened this week? I have a number of things that freaking happened this week that is uh, almost the opposite of what you had. Um, a number of my favorite historical figures were born this week. So, starting on July 19th, which is this Sunday, uh, French Impressionist painter Edgar Degas was born in Paris. Um, his his best-known painting is the one of Dancers in Motion. Um, great Impressionist pa- painter, one of my faves. Uh, on the 20th, explorer Edmund Hillary was born in Auckland, New Zealand, and um, that was in 1919. And in 1953, he became the first to climb Mount Everest. Oh, so okay. that's pretty cool. Uh, on the 21st, in 1898, Ernest Hemingway was born, uh, one of the great writers, uh, great American writers of all time, um, in Oak Park, Illinois, very close to us. Hmm. So that's cool. Um let me continue to scroll down the page here. Uh, on July 24th, uh, French playwright and novelist Alexander Dumas was born. Uh, he's honestly one of my all-time favorite writers. He was the guy who wrote The Count of Monte Cristo and The Three Musketeers. Um, very, okay. very cool uh, person. And then uh, – so that was in 1802 – and then uh, on the same day in 1898, Amelia Earhart was born. 
So as as you know, first uh, female pilot to fly across the Atlantic. So, huh. so yeah. a lot a lot of historical figures born this week. Um, yep. As well as like trying to search through to find like the right event to talk about. Uh, a lot of tragic ones. Um, yeah, there were there were. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's what made me focus on birthdays. <laughs> right. It's like oh no, there's so much death and attempted death, and yeah. So, um, but it's weird, and I I, I think that's one of the biggest reasons that I enjoy doing these segments. And I think I mentioned this before. It's you learn about so many events that you you didn't know of, you just didn't know the exact date that it happened, or new events that you probably should have learned about that you never really took in consideration. Right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, we'll get Brian on here in a minute. Uh, obviously, we're going to plug some uh, podcasts and stuff and all that. But I do want to talk about a couple other uh, unfortunate things, uh, if, if you would uh, sure allow me to, Joe, uh, here for a moment. Uh, I just wanted to bring up a couple uh, things that should be mentioned that did happen over the past week. And unfortunately, we actually seen the death of about three celebrities in the last week. And I just God, wanted we did, I, it, didn't we? Sorry. Yeah, I, no, you're fine. You're fine. I just, I just wanted. I felt that we should acknowledge them as we did. With, uh, Charlie Daniels, um, uh, a couple weeks ago, which there's, there's no, uh, there's no, uh, dramatic reading for these, uh, um, people as, because they're, they're not really, uh, artists. Right. So we don't have, we have yeah. a song, yeah. Um, but, uh, Grant Imahara, a uh, host of the Mythbus, uh, Mythbusters and, uh, the White Rabbit Project, uh, passed away at 49 years old, uh, from a brain aneurysm. Uh, I believe this was, um, what was it, uh, Oh, I want to say last Tuesday, last last Monday, whatever the 13th it was. was. Yeah, Monday. Monday then. Monday. I'm glad you gave the date because that's the only reason I knew. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Kelly Preston also passed away at the age of 57 uh, to breast cancer, uh, an actress uh, that everyone should know. Uh, she unfortunately also passed away last week, and uh, the body of uh, Glee actress Naya Rivera uh, was found uh, after she went missing a couple days earlier than her body was found. I believe her body was found uh, yesterday, uh, either yesterday or Sunday, <clears throat> and uh, she actually went missing uh, like last Wednesday or something like that. Uh, from what the article was saying about her passing away, is her and her four-year-old son were swimming in the lake. Uh, she got uh, her son out of the lake as the Water kind of got a little choppy. Unfortunately, she couldn't get herself back up as well. So, uh, it's an unfortunate thing. Uh, I know a lot of people say, like, you know, like, death comes in threes, and obviously, uh, this is no exception. Um, if you guys know of any other, uh, celebrity passings that we have missed, uh, please let us know, because, uh, we feel that they should be acknowledged in some way or another, whether it be here or, um, on, was it CNN or wherever the other articles from people or, uh, Hollywood reports and stuff like that. So yeah. I like to, I like to feel that we could also do our part in some way and acknowledging the deaths of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of all of them, I think Grant in Mahara, uh, I'm more known with than the other two just because I'm a huge Mythbusters fan. Yeah, it was weirdly the most shocking for that reason. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I mean, 49 years old, you mean like he, he's young, you know? Right. It's like, I mean, and Grant, I mean, they're all, they're all pretty young, obviously. You know, Kelly, you know, Kelly Preston only being 50, uh, 57 years old. Uh, Naya Rivera, I think was 20 or like late 20s, early 30s or something yeah, like that. I, I think she was 33. Yeah. Um, but I've never been a big Glee fan. I never watched Glee. I think no, I, I hated half Glee. of one episode. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. I lived, I was, I had friends and family in show choir in high school and I just wasn't into it. Gotcha. I don't know why I'd, I don't know why I would spend time watching the show. Sorry, I know we're not talking about Glee right now, but <laughs> no. And that's, that's the thing is like I, I'm not, I'm I'm a fan of musicals. It's just for some reason Glee I just never like really latched onto. It was almost like a High School Musical, and yeah. I just so uh, it's unfortunate uh, the passing of those uh, those three people. And uh, at the same time, it's like I um. I wish I, I wish I knew more about their careers, like post MythBusters or outside of Glee and stuff. I just I really didn't because it just it seemed like the projects they worked on it just wasn't my thing. And uh, but I'm sure that you know they have fans all over the world that appreciate the work that they did, and um, you know just give uh, give them mention and everything and uh, pay respects to uh, their passing. So, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Peace to their families. Comfort, etc. True that. Sorry for their loss. Sorry for the loss for all of you who were fans of them. I mean, that's mm-hmm. uh, celebrities touch our lives in weird ways. Um, 
And, yep. and yep. I, I know how important they can be. So, you mm-hmm. know, sorry if you're grieving them. It sucks. It's a, it's a sucky loss. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Um, <clears throat> but let's, let's turn, let's, let's turn this over to a brighter, more exciting moment. Uh, we got, uh, we got Brian that's, uh, ready to come on, right? Uh, talking with us about, uh, staunch ambition, uh, the new projects he has going on. Because, I mean, and that's one of the things I love doing, especially with CJ Standle and, uh, Jordan, uh, Trokey, you know, to catch up with these guys. Cause it has been a while since we had Brian on the show. And, uh, I'm excited to kind of catch up with him, what he's been up to, and also talk about, uh, Inferno City Firehouse. So, uh, Joey, if you're ready, I, uh, I am ready on my end. And, uh, I would love to, uh, get our plug a rolling so we could, uh, bring Brian on after. I am ready. One of your plugs. Plugs! This episode of This Freaking Show is brought to you by BallWash.com. Now, it's no secret that the man's most prized possession also happens to be the most sensitive part of his body. Balls are prone to sweat, odor-causing bacteria, and irritation. Upgrade your balls game with quality products formulated to keep your skin healthy and fresh. Guys, that is where BallWash.com comes in. Go to BallWash.com right now. Check out the variety of products they have, as well as kits and subscriptions they have available for you. And when you hit that checkout button and you go to pay for that order, make sure you use the promo code FREAKNET, that's F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T, at checkout. It will save you 15% on your entire order. That's right, BallWash.com. When it comes to your sack, they got your back. All right, guys, uh, we've had Brian Lau, uh, on, uh, this is actually his third time being here, but this is the first time since February of 2018, so we do have a lot to discuss on what's been going on the last two and a half years. So, uh, Brian, thank you so much for, uh, making time for being back on here, and, uh, I apologize for my time zone. Yeah, man. And I'm glad to be on and, uh, talking to people who live in the center of Earth. Right? Well, it's like, it's like I told you, man. You know, central uh, United States, man. It, it's it's corn growers and stargazers, man. It's it's peaceful out here. It's just yeah, we are we are a little hour behind. So I do apologize for that uh, for the mix up on all, all that. But I'm happy to be back on here with you. Um, I, I I I'm so glad to be catching up with you. But just to remind some of our fans, maybe some newer fans that we've had since you last been on, kind of just remind everyone uh, who you are and um, you know a little bit about yourself. Yeah. I believe it's been that long, man. So, um, uh, one of the taglines for the book is called Welcome to the New Enlightenment. And the uh, concept is, what if in uh, our future, we entered the supernatural through advanced technology? So, um, kind of the general theme, and of course, driven by the characters in that context. Uh, and I was, uh, put a preview issue and issues one, two, and three out for staunch ambition. And then in between issues three and four, I was, I uh, had a fan come to my table at a, a signing at a comic shop, a local comic shop. And he's a huge geek. And, and I mean huge. This guy's big. Um, <laughs> he's a fireball. Yeah. He's a big guy, man. Really the nicest guy too one of the nicest guys you can meet and he can crush you like nothing. So he, but anyways, he comes to my table and he's like, you know, oh, I'm a, yeah, I'm a big you know, fan. And he saw a poster I did for the Detroit fire department years ago when I used to live in Detroit and I, I, uh, my, I rented from a firefighter and I was doing comics, like just some coloring. And, uh, he was frustrated that there were not, any or barely any firefighter comic books and he expressed that he's like you should do a firefighter uh comic about firefighters and i'm like yeah right in my head but it stuck with me like really intrigued me because i thought about my whole life growing up and i'm like yeah i don't remember there's freaking noir cop comics and there's obviously every kind of a comic nowadays any genre and i'm still not thinking of all kinds of like any comics or graphic novels that focus on firefighters so i i it so intrigued me that i just stopped staunch ambition and i felt called to do this uh it's a graphic novel a one shot uh, i think it's 76 pages mm-hmm. and i took real stories from real detroit firefighters and i put them together into a narrative just kind of a 
you know, a little bit of fiction or, you know, obviously fiction, but to connect all these true concepts. Right. So it's inspired by true stories from my grandfather, firefighters I knew, and then I did ride-alongs with the Detroit Fire Department. So this book's called Internal City Firehouse. And uh, now I'm currently working on the next, and it's going to be um, issue four, where I'll be able to put all my sci-fi staunch ambition books together into a trade. And so this okay. is going to be like a double-sized issue now, this next one. Yeah, nice. It's almost all penciled. I've got like just the last few pages to write. And I think I sent you guys through Skype some of the, a couple sneak peeks at some of the like real mm-hmm. kick ass pages. I mean, these pages are like, they're like the pages I envisioned for a long time. So like they're crucial pages and they turned out amazing. So I couldn't be happier with what we're doing on this next issue. So that's fantastic. I got you. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, and I, I was kind of, uh, I went onto the website and, uh, there's kind of like a little teaser video kind of like talking about the Inferno City Firehouse and I was looking at the, uh, the pictures and everything in the video and they're all kind of like, uh, like a black and white shading. Now, is that how the pictures actually look in the book? Uh, or is there any color at all? Yeah, that was something that, uh, this is a gritty book. You mm-hmm. know, it's dealing with some serious, uh, shit. So, yeah. Um, I, two things I thought about doing was, uh, you know, color costs, you know, at least double the price and takes right. double the time and all that. So, but it's so gritty and Erwin Arosa, who does the pencils on both my books, is his pencils are so amazing and gritty and real life. They're not superhero, you know, traditional comic book superhero style. No, and no, I no. just thought, yeah, I mean, you guys know, right? You got your, typical kind of like traditional comics but this is like gritty like uh he does he does good like lord of the rings looking type stuff or you know Mm -hmm. so his style i just thought well let's just keep it gritty and black and white and then i did think well what if we made the fire discolor and all that and i was like nah just do it black and white so yeah they the the pencils i think it it tells it tell i mean it, i i mean color would be cool but i don't i don't think it needs it what bit so. no i i actually i love i love the black and white i think i i think it gives like um a more intense feel to the story especially with them being based on uh, real events and everything uh because i mean i, I remember looking through Sancho ambition and seeing the color and everything how everything looked pop like what pop and everything this gives it a completely different look uh to your creations and everything from uh it, it doesn't need color i know you got color on the front of the sc- uh the front cover which it does look awesome but i think the black and white shading that uh you see throughout the story it, it just gives a whole different perspective on how you want to look at a comic and how you want to read it. Uh, I don't know how many stories are out there, like comics are out there that are based on true events, but, uh, that, I think that's an amazing concept. How was it sitting down with firefighters and like hearing there's, hearing them, uh, hear, uh, basically them reliving the stories and stuff that they went through? Uh, well, uh, it wasn't, it was a little intimidating at first because, you know, I um, kind of was like looking to do, I got the idea to do some ride-alongs mm-hmm. as I was researching. I didn't even really realize the concept of doing ride-alongs. And then I realized that. So it was intimidating to come into their world, you know, and be like, you know, going to the front lines with the military or uh, or not even in the front lines or in the battle necessarily, but just hanging with them. And it's like, you're not part of the group in that sense, but they were very welcoming and, um, and willing to share and, uh, you know, accepted me in. And I, that all the time, I really wanted to make sure that this book was authentic and it was true visually and with the kinds of terminology maybe the, even just the terminology and the structure of how they would approach a fire. So how I conveyed all this stuff, I thought, you know, I, I don't want to just, you know, kind of make stuff up that where I'm ignorant. So I really tried to learn the lingo, tried to learn and asked a lot of questions about when you approach a fire, what are the things you do, and then try to show those in the book accurately. And I think we nailed it. So, but uh, to, to be there with them and I, you know, I stayed the night and, 
ate dinner with them and which is like a sacred ritual every night and you know played ping pong and then went on uh you know runs was uh you know it's a whole nother world to me so and i felt you know i felt honored to be a part of that and uh even more respect for what the uh you know a lot of the times they're not called the fires or depending on where you are a firefighter mm -hmm. you know there's downtime but Man, when you have to go out for a car accident or a medical run or a fire, yeah, you, know, you got to bring it. Yeah, how is uh how is your writing um your writing uh, process uh for writing something with realism like backstory, uh like true events uh, as compared to uh kind of like a sci-fi staunch ambition story? Like, is is your process the exact same, or do you have to get into a different mindset between the two? Wow, that's funny because the way it's funny, I how you're explaining it made me think even more how what a 180 I did. You know, it's like I'm doing <laughs> full color sci-fi fiction. Yeah. And uh it's like then I'm going into this like gritty earthy true life stories, you know, completely opposites. Uh as far as writing though, um I mean it's the research and all that is completely different, but the passion, the inspiration that comes with having to tell a story, that's exactly the same. I mean, I'm a I felt called and I felt actually obligated to do it. I felt like it was an injustice in the, in the comics industry that there's not more or barely any comics or graphic novels. You know, you see some stuff, but it's not much. And, uh, yeah. so I mean, it's barely even in TV, really. You get what, like, uh, rescue me. And then, well, I've noticed it more recently with you have this comedy that they did with it was called Dakota or something, and then you got 911, which has stuff. But, um, yeah, if you look at all of TV, you know, compared to cop shows or stuff, yeah, right, not much. And then movies, there's a few movies here and there, so it's not like they don't do anything. And usually they're, they're like the side story or they're like a you know. Spider-Man and, and the firemen save a tree from a cat or something, and it's just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of part of the story. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, and and like I said, you know, and you actually said perfectly, it's the 180 from what was before. You know, like, you you have people who, you know, they'll listen to, or they'll read Staunch Ambition, and, you know, it's like more like using your imagination to create, like, these possibilities and all this stuff, where you take Inferno City Firehouse, I mean, like, you could walk outside your house and see a situation like this, or wake up in the middle of the night and your house is on fire, and all of a sudden these firefighters, and you actually, uh, there's actually the perfect tagline um, on your website here. It says, as the city burns, firefighters battle to save complete strangers, even if they died trying. True stories of value and regret based on real Detroit firefighters fused together into a breathtaking narrative. I mean, it, I mean, that kind of like, it, it tells you perfectly, like, exactly the mindset of a firefighter is like, you don't know the people you're going to. You just get a call and you're going. And now you're, now you have the, these victims and everything, like, you know, their house is being burned, but all of a sudden complete strangers that they may not even know. It's trying to do what they can to save your memories, save your house, your livelihood, and everything. Yeah. And to for you to for you to you know dedicate time and you know work to put that into a story, I think it's completely different, and it's an amazing thing that I think other people should look into doing is giving credit to real life heroes, other than you know the superheroes and stuff you see on like you know MCU and DC and stuff like that. Yeah, that, uh, I'm glad you like that tagline. I think, uh, mm -hmm. it's not easy to come up with something like that, but I, I do think it does work. And, uh, I mean, it, there's a similar thing as far as, like I said, between the two stories, writing them as far as, uh, inspiration, like I said, but, but, uh, at the core of even the sci-fi, it's, it's human stories. And yeah. so in my sci-fi, I do deal with, you know, one of the characters and her relationship with her parents and, and obviously, there's this commonality even in fiction and, and you can make stuff up, but it's got to be grounded in real shit. So real emotions, real life and death circumstances. And so I try to tap into that in both of them. But but I'll tell you what, I, I, I give you um, the the story that is inspired from my something my grandfather went through. My grandfather was a Detroit firefighter for uh, 26 years. And uh, my aunt told me the story because my grandfather died when I was like around 14 years old. Mm. And, uh, so, you know, I, I didn't have like a extremely close relationship with him and wasn't talking firefighter stuff with him. And, but, uh, my, my, uh, aunt 
his, his daughter taught, told me that she only seen his, he was old school, and she only seen her dad cry a couple times. And one of them was when my, my grandmother, his wife, was sick, and she lived to be like 97, so it was like, you know, she, she had some kind of a ailment, and uh, he was broken up with her. But she, she told me the story of, that he's, I put in the book about him coming across a child. And, uh, that, I couldn't tell that story and I couldn't, um, write it without my eyes watering. You know, I'm a pretty emotional artist, but, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I just couldn't tell it without getting choked up. You know, eventually I got to the point where it didn't, but then when I was sending these pages, especially that sequence to the artist, to Irwin, he was like, man, these, this is, this is tough to draw, you know? So, um, I think the story, you know, yeah, it's true. You know, I, you know, I fabricate a little bit of it to fit it in a context and, uh, to make it visual, but mm-hmm. the core of it actually happened and, uh, it's gut wrenching, but it's like, I think it's needed to be known what, what these firefighters can go through. And, um, another aspect of this true stories is that, uh, this book, I wanted to be helpful in two ways, dealing with um, people understanding what firefighters go through and this the struggle with PTSD and donating part of the proceeds to people struggling with uh, suicide or PTSD. Mm-hmm. So the book, is, you know, the book is not only wanting to make aware of this kind of a struggle, but to also have money go towards uh, uh Places that help people with those conditions. That's fantastic. That is awesome. Now, have you uh, have you had an opportunity to talk to any of the uh, firefighters that gave you uh, any of the stories used uh, after they had an opportunity to read it by chance? Oh yeah, yeah. I talked to the yeah. How the how the how they feel about uh, about their their stories being written down and uh, having visuals and stuff to it? Oh, my grandfather loved it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, didn't you just say? You're- yeah. <laughs> right. I, I wasn't even gonna touch that. Man. I was like, I, mean, I feel like I don't know where we just went here. Um. Yeah. The uh, uh, firefighters were uh, like honored and impressed. And in fact, another thing that was interesting was I got to unbox the first box of printed books mm-hmm. on in a on video, like actual, you know, a documentary because. Metro Times, a local newspaper here, did a uh, article on the book and a director doing a documentary on firefighters and PTSD saw the article and called me up and wanted to feature me, the book, and the Detroit Fire Department in his documentary. And they flew here and filmed me, the book, and the uh, firefighters and did ride-alongs with them as well. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, and then one of the things, scenes we did was me going to the station and unboxing it and telling them, and I had to, you know, I was put like on the spot, like I had to, he's like, just talk about what it means to you and all that, so it, it, it was received really well, I mean, so, uh, yeah, and, and I, I, you know, I mean, I don't know if they're nice or being nice or what, but I, you know, I, I didn't get any criticisms of the book. I did get criticisms with the Metro Times article, though, because he had misworded something and I had, like, didn't realize it. So I stayed up until, like, four in the morning trying to finish the book during the time they did the article. And and then some firefighter brought it to my attention and some of them were pissed about, hey, what are you saying? Like, they, like, I was making it like they were all struggling with PTSD there. And I was like, no, man, it was just a miswording in the in the. Uh, yeah. The article, man. I I talked to the guy like you guys today uh, for a half hour, and then he put an article together, and right. and then I had I had it retracted and changed, and I says, look, I get it retracted and changed. I was like, geez, oh please, man. <laughs> so uh, yeah, like, there's yeah. only so much you can so, cover in half an hour. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I'm trying to do something good here for the firefighters and fire department and stuff. Yeah. So. Now I know. uh I know Infernal City Firehouse is available on uh, on your website, uh, infernalcityfirehouse.weebly.com. Uh, but I also found uh, that it is available on Amazon. And I was kind of curious about some of these uh, these posters that you could get as a bundle along with the book. Uh, you do have two of them that show uh, kind of uh, depictions of uh, fire dragons and stuff like that. 
Um, was that something that you always wanted to do as far as like when you create like poster content to kind of put something mystical in there like a dragon or you just thought like, I'm used to this side of it. I just need to add that to this project as well. Um, well, the, the story's so, uh, you know, ends on, you know, it's got hope in it and all that, but it's so yeah. gritty and, it, and it's, 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 you know, it's a tough story, obviously dealing with some of the things, uh, that firefighters deal with. So I kind of wanted, uh, one of the things was I wanted to end the book, obviously on a hopeful note, but at the same time with just like a badass, like, uh, splash page, like a poster splash page. Yeah. So I was thinking of, uh, you know, what would be cool to just do something and, um, the original poster I did for the Detroit Fire Department that I was talking about, that the fireman saw that, uh, I was selling was the, uh, we have a, our famous building in Detroit, downtown Detroit is the Renaissance Center, or the GM building now. Right. And so it's a, like a circular building and the firefighter I was renting from wanted to, to do a comic book looking with a dragon wrapped around it and breathing fire like he's claiming the building and then a fire's a fireman's taken on, a firefighter's taken on this dragon one-on-one. So I did that poster years ago and I was like, what if we did like an updated version of that? So Irwin drew this like serious looking dragon, not like a more comic booky looking one. Yeah. And the fire, instead of the, the GM building, it's the, uh, Joe Lewis fist, uh, downtown Detroit. We have the Joe Lewis fist, which I think some people aren't going to understand what this giant fist is if they're not local. So, but the thing is, uh, it's just kind of a crucial area. The show is in Detroit and there, there's like four of them taking on this, uh, huge dragon. And then I wound up doing a coloring for that. So I was like, this has to be a poster. It turned out so amazing, but I just wanted to end it on a, like a really badass note. And then of course the cover by Clayton Crane of the main cover, uh, makes a great poster. It's Clayton Crane. Yeah. He works for Marvel DC's, probably my favorite artist working in the industry. And then Neil Anderson is a local artist who did an alt variant cover. And those just have to be posters because, you know, I, I try to sell posters at the Comic-Con shows as well and online. Oh, and sure. just gorgeous, gorgeous, you know, pieces of work. So. So uh, besides Sonic Ambition, besides uh, Inferno City, uh, is there any other projects that, uh, that you're kind of thinking about or kind of in the works currently or? Yes, I'm working on uh, another totally 180 off. The, well, I mean, it's similar to where it deals with true events, but and it's gritty. But uh, I'm gonna I'm working on the outline and the script with uh, John McNichol, who was one of the first writers I was co-writing Staunch Ambition with. And it's just so it's so much work to write. So it's like I thought, oh yeah, I need to collaborate because I'm so busy. So it's like. Him and I are going together, and I get this vision for a, a story similar gritty with the, I'm going to do the pencils like Infernal City Firehouse, leaving black and white, and it's mm-hmm. going to be about John the Baptist, who, if you know, if anybody knows anything about John the Baptist's uh, story, it's like Shakespearean drama mm-hmm. and a mix of like Greek mythology and just gritty and. And I want to do it, you know, similar, like gritty, like the Passion of the Christ or something. But but, but I want to do it where it's not like some stupid word for word thing, you know, or oh, you know, gotcha. I, yeah, that would be ridiculous. No, I want to do it like a story, like I did Infernal City Firehouse. I want to take all these what we do know, but I want to do it into a narrative that is uh, compelling and draws you in. Childhood, John and Jesus playing as children. I mean, real earthy, realistic, historic. But yet, with all the drama that, if anybody knows, like I said, about his life, uh, it's going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Sweet. You're going to have to come on and, and tell us about it when you kickstart it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we're right. We're getting the outline. You know, it's got one of these twists. I got this great idea for a twist in it. So um, I, I think it's going to be like one of these ones where you read it and you're going to like, no, when you get to the end of it. <laughs> nice. See that coming. Which is kind of interesting to do with something that's a true story, so. Right. Awesome. 
Well, uh, so yeah, you, so you can purchase Inferno City Firehouse, uh, at, uh, Inferno City Firehouse, uh, dot weebly.com, weebly.com or Amazon, Stouch Ambition, StouchAmbition.com store, you can purchase it there. Uh, is there any other places other than here or Amazon that they could, uh, find, um, uh, your, your, um, your books or is there uh, any other social media that you would like to, uh, kind of plug at the moment to let them know where they can find your information? Yeah, I, I think just all the basic social medias. I got uh, social medias for Inferno City Firehouse and Much Ambition right now. Um, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm a little more involved on Facebook and Twitter, or I'm sorry, Instagram. And uh, the uh, websites have links to those. Um, there's also the Kickstarter pages, even though they Kickstarters for issues one, two, and three, and for Inferno City Firehouse are no longer active. There's a lot of information and videos on there, and there's links from there to the actual website. So, yeah, I got videos with, I got original music written for my books, so you yeah. can go to the websites and you can see videos. I put a video for each, obviously, and I use a different song in each video. I think the Inferno City Firehouse video is one of the better ones. I mean, they're all good, I think, but yeah, or the one where I'm talking to myself on how to make a video, I thought that was good, but... Well, yeah, I mean, well, I even remember, like, when we first had you on, which I think was, uh, in, like, season two, uh, a lot of your staunch, uh, staunch ambition, uh, videos that I've watched and everything, it gave me legit goosebumps, you know, just because, because it's just, it's the music that's in it, but at the same time, like, you're seeing, like, the graphics that are, uh, that are being created in the story, and Inferno City did the exact same thing, like, when I'm watching these and everything, and it triggers in your mind, like, you know, like, these are really <laughs> I'm sorry, it's choking me up. I know, right? It, 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 trust me, I, I'm, I'm touched myself, I do this all the time. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, when you sit there and you watch, like, these views you're creating, whether it be Staunch Ambition, or whether it be, uh, Inferno City, is there's so much passion put into these videos, and you could feel it as you're watching it, um, especially with Inferno City, because you know they're real events, and you're watching these. Because I mean, like you, you get a lot of times where people go on like YouTube and stuff like that, and they watch like those those heart touching moments of soldiers coming home or uh, people getting adopted and stuff like that. But I mean, there's also videos out there of firefighters doing work. Like I've actually seen them, where it's like firefighters are running into like like blazing buildings, and like you sit there like, okay, yeah, it's a video, but you never clicked in your head like that's a real fucking person that you know could not that it's a possibility that they may not leave that 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 uh, burning building that something could happen mm -hmm. where they may not exit and i think a lot of people kind of miss the concept of that and i think you bring it into these stories and it gives that it, it gives that people like a shot of reality saying hey this is a person that chose this profession that chose to do this and is give is sacrificing their life to to protect you and to save you from what's going on, and I think I think that's an incredible thing you did, and I think this book is absolutely amazing, and I look forward to uh, ordering it and uh, having it and owning it myself. But the two of the characters in the book, um, one of the main characters, uh, and one of the other characters, the guys from the firehouse, uh, oh. I did a lot of research. They actually um, were. Uh, buried under uh, fire and the uh, building collapsed on them. Ooh, um. and, and they had a lot of recovery. After, and this was after my books, so I didn't put that in the books, and it's very raw and difficult. So, mm. you know, keep them in your thoughts and prayers. But um, uh, that that's some real, yeah, real shit. I mean, that I wouldn't wish, you know, that on anyone. And obviously when I'm writing it, I'm going to write about stuff like that. But that really happened after I wrote the book and it's just like, man, it's humbling. Cause it's like, I was worried about doing this and it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to glorify the tragedy, but at the same time I want to represent it. Yeah. So. You, you want, you want, you want people to acknowledge that this is a real thing. And I, I think you did that with your book, you know, and uh, especially everything that's going on nowadays, like where people are so self-centered in their lives, you know, you really need to focus and give credit to the people that are doing things that they don't need to do. Like if we didn't have firefighters in the house in your house caught on fire, like what are you gonna do? You can't stand out there with a fire hose, you know. It's just you, you physically can't do that on your own. So there's people like even like uh, even in my small town here, like we got a couple people that are on payroll. A lot of them are volunteers, uh, volu volunteer firefighters. Uh, um, uh, Joey, you know, uh, Joey and I were stepbrothers. Joey's dad, my stepfather, he was a volunteer firefighter oh, yeah, uh, down in years. Uh, 
Yeah, down in uh, Indiana, he used to share stories a lot of time about going to accidents and having oh. to pull people out and all this other stuff. And, you know, like, I, we we haven't talked about it in years, like years, years. I think I was still in high school when he first told me these stories. And back then, I was an ignorant child that, you know, I was like, it's like, all right, well, that's cool. But, like, you know, when you sit there and actually think, and your, your book actually triggered this for me when we started talking. Oh, I was wow. like, holy shit, you know, like, Carl did this shit, and I oh, yeah. never, I never acknowledged the fact that he didn't have to do it. Yeah, we were there actually when one of my classmates died. Oh, it was God. his, it was his weekend, and we went out to a, a scene. Um, her, her sister had accidentally run over her with a golf cart. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that's yeah. tough. Mm-hmm. But yeah. One of the scenes in the book was from my childhood, something I witnessed, you know, and obviously it was a rude awakening, and it was huge thing that i saw but yeah i mean and they're dealing with this stuff day in and day out you know it's like you know mm. <laughs> that's just that's not easy you know yeah yeah it's it's incredible i you know but it's awesome that uh that you're able to do something like this for them um i think it's really cool and um i can't wait to have you come back on when you get your next project up and running uh please let me know so we can get you back on here we can talk about it yeah, that's the passion that I did not anticipate with firefighter book that it just, you know, some certain people like, you know, they look at staunch ambition like there's no emotional connection. I mean, what what is staunch ambition? Star Wars. Yeah, you can have an emotional connection or because it's something that you can relate to in your personal life. Well, I didn't anticipate this, but firefighting, the concept and the genre is something that people, you know, often connect to emotionally and i was like wow that's exactly what you're looking for when you are trying to get your book out there so it's been awesome yeah no you you guys did a great job like i said um i i can't wait to own it i can't wait to read through the entire thing uh some of the bits and pieces i did see the writing's amazing the the graphics are phenomenal i love the uh, black and white shading i think it i think it gives you a, a different feel to the story that you need to have um as you know, as you're diving into these real stories about real firefighters. So awesome work. Awesome job. Uh, I, I urge everyone who's listening to go and uh, pick up a copy of this. Um, all the links to uh, everywhere you can buy it will be in the show notes. It'll be released on our uh, Facebook page when the show's released. And uh, just great job, Brian. It's an absolute uh, incredible book, and I look forward to seeing all your future work, too. Thank you, guys. Man. It, was, it was awesome to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey, you got anything you, uh, want to add? Nope. Okay. Awesome. Uh, we will, uh, plug a, uh, we'll plug a, uh, sponsor and, uh, we'll be right back. Hi. I'm the Freak Joe. If you enjoy my stylings in the month of October, then you'll probably enjoy audible.com, the one-stop shop for all things audiobooks. If you want to try it out, you can go to audibletrial.com slash freaknet and get your first month for free and you're a free credit for your first audio book. Head on over to audibletrial.com slash freaknet today. Uh, guys, I don't want you to think that, like, you know, I was trying to blow smoke up uh, Brian's ass as we were talking to him. Uh, when I said make sure you purchase this, I really mean that 100%. It's an incredible book, and it's an incredible concept uh, that I didn't really think anyone has ever – I don't know if it's ever been thought of. I'm sure it has, but it's never been, like – brought to my attention about creating a uh, a comic about real events. Like you get, you know, stories that, you know, are based on true events, but never really a comic. Yeah, I agree. And definitely when it does happen, it's, it's, I can't think of a single time it's ever been about firefighters. No, you always get, <clears throat> you always get a lot of uh, stories and everything about, about cops, doctors and stuff like that. Yeah. Military. Seems, <clears throat> yeah. It kind of seems like uh firefighters, no pun intended, kind of sit on the back burner. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. um, but I, th- I think it's cool how he kind of brings this to light. It's really cool how he did it on Detroit, which, you know, he has a connection with and, uh, awesome, awesome book. Uh, again, For sure. great price too. If you head over to the website there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And even on, on like, I know, uh, I, I got to double check the, uh, sales and stuff on the website but i know on amazon you can buy the book along with um various uh posters there's different kind of posters and everything like i said there's some basic ones of just like you know firefighting but then you got some of those mythical ones with uh some dragons and stuff which the dragon fire one looks really awesome um you'll you'll have to check that out joe it really really does it's it's badass yeah so i came very uh, close to purchasing it during the interview 
right? Well, it's like, it's like and that's what I love about doing this because we're meeting all these amazing creators who are crushing it and everything, you know, Brian and uh, CJ, uh, Jordan, you know, and I'm hoping we can get Bob, uh, Bobby back on Bob Sally, you know, from uh, uh, I want to say Salvagers, I think. Yes, that's, yeah, Salvagers. I keep wanting to say Scavengers, but it's not that. Um, I mean, they they have different aspects of uh, their stories and their comics, and they're all incredible. Like it's like I don't think we I don't think we've met a comic that we didn't enjoy like wholeheartedly. You know, it's not just sugarcoat and shit. Like it's just honest. You know, it's like these guys are creating, and it's awesome how <clears throat> uh, Brian kind of mentioned like you know like that uh, noir scene kind of stuff. I mean, that's how CJ develops his uh, rebirth of a gangster uh, concept. Is that noir? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and comparing the the differences in the style, uh, when when you consider it's it's all black and white with shading for the most part, um, between you know, CJ and 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 Brian Lau stuff, um, it's completely different, and it's so cool how different it is, even though it's there's no color. Yeah, you know? well, and and I I, I don't know if this would be insulting to CJ in any way, but his black and white looks more cartoonish. Yeah, it's much yeah. more traditional comic, comic book. More comic, yeah. yeah. Where like. Or like when you look at uh, Brian's like you know animation or um, sketches or whatever, like however you would yeah. call black and white uh, shading on uh, picture, <clears throat> it's kind of like one of those uh, when um, you see ah oh, jeez how would I describe it I don't know how to describe it now but um, it it gives it's a, there's more an intensity to it I think I mentioned it in the show there's more intensity in the drawing of his black and white than it is in any other comic I've seen. And I think it needs that to tell these stories because you don't want to hear about these stories, about these firefighters rushing into these infernos, ultimately, you know, trying to survive with colorful or animated looking, you know, caricature kind of like things, you know, it, yeah. it, it's just incredible. The, the people he worked with is absolutely awesome. Um, so yeah, Brian, again, awesome work on your, on your novel. I can't wait to own it. I know I'm going to own it. Um, I, I, my my plan is to own all of these guys' books and everything. Uh, CJ and Jordan, Brian, Bobby. I I, I want to own their books, and I, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to make that happen. Uh, which, right? Which uh, another another fun fact. Uh, now that uh we were talking about like how awesome these uh these uh this this artwork is. Uh, I was uh I was messaged. By Sarge from the Doug Gray Area podcast. Oh. And he, he actually told me because he listened to uh, our episode last week um, with Jordan and uh, the passion, everything he puts into his stories. And I guess that kind of lit a fire under Sarge's ass to uh, to kind of push forward with his book that uh, he was working on. Ooh. So uh, I'm super excited for that. I hope he does go through it because I remember him talking with me about it uh, not too long ago. Uh, I want to say I, it's not a manga. But look more like it's an animation uh, book. Yeah, it's um, like graphic novel. Yeah, I wish I could remember the I, I wish I could remember the title of it, but I know it involves ninjas and trailer parks. And it's, I think it's like uh, Sam, I think it's called like Samurai Trailer Park or something like that. Awesome. Um but if I'm wrong, um please, you know, uh Sarge, you know, refresh my memory on what it's called. Uh but I mean you told me the concept. It seemed interesting. It seemed uh it seemed like kind of a I don't know if it'd be like one of those like humorous things like uh like Beverly Hills Ninja. That uh, with Chris Farley, gotcha. uh, I, I hope he does do it. I know he said his biggest uh, his biggest speed bump has been artwork and finding the right artist. I mean, every uh, writer that we've talked to on here over the last month uh, or three weeks, you know, they talk they they talk about how great their artist is. So maybe you know, Sarge could reach out to them and talk to their artists and you know get that going. Uh, I know he's been busy uh, through you know working with Doug Gray area. Uh, working on his, uh, his salsas and stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, we, you know, it's, it's just finding time to do it. So hopefully he does. Uh, same thing with us, you know, with Freaky Tales and everything. We had a brief discussion about Freaky Tales, uh, knowing that we definitely are not going to be able to publish Freaky Tales this year. It's just not going to happen. And no fire bone. You know, 2020 guys definitely got away from us with everything going on. And it's just really hard to really get those stories out. Um, yeah. I think you could agree with me though that we'll definitely have uh enough stories for this freaky show. Oh, easily. Yeah. Um and the freaky tales will just you know, it's just it's just one of the things that it doesn't have to happen immediately, but I do want to make sure that we get it done right. It's the last thing I want to do is to pump out, you know, fifteen crappy stories and throw it in a book. I'd rather them, you know, be right. 
So that's definitely going to happen. Um, and you know, it, it, just like Sarge, these last three weeks of listening to these writers, it motivated me. It motivated me to move forward with this stuff, you know, and, um, I know I got the ideas for the stories in my head. It's just trying to write out the story for, it. you know, like I know how I want it to end. I know what I want it about. It's just getting that, that beginning leading up to it. So, but I'm confident in us, Joe. I know you and I could do this because, because this freaking show is, uh, is a creation of our minds and, you know, we want to do the best for it. Absolutely. Yeah. What are you freaking thinking about, Joe? I am freaking thinking about, um, so I have, I have never enjoyed reading ebooks. Um, I've tried reading them. I've tried doing it for school. I just, for whatever reason, cannot seem to ever get them to stick. I'm really bad at remembering things that I read, uh, when it's, when it's an ebook for whatever reason. Yes. But, um, they're so much cheaper. <laughs> than real books. Yeah. And so I uh I decided to look around and see if I could find a cheap Kindle just to to try out and uh I found someone who was selling one for 10 bucks. So I I bought a Kindle this week to try it out and see if I can tolerate it on a device that's specifically made for this as opposed to like you know a smartphone or or whatever. Um and and so far I enjoy it, but I I can't say that anything has has been very sticky. Gotcha. You know, I just uh, it's just not how my brain works. I think I, I really rely on the um, uh, hardcover paper. Yeah, well, the, the the spatial parts of my brain to remember where things are in a book. Gotcha. You know, um, and so without without having the physical copy, it's really hard to remember where something was and what it was I read. So, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna push through. I'm gonna try and read at least a couple of books this month on it. Um, it is nice to read without distraction, and it is much nicer on my eyes than any of my other devices. Gotcha. So, you ever yeah. uh, do you, do you ever hear about that uh, that electronic book app where um, you could download uh, any number of novels and you could read it, um, and as you follow with the finger. It will highlight uh, the lines as you go. So when you decide to stop, you can just take your finger off. You can close it, and then when you're ready to read, you can uh, open it back up, go back to the page, and it'll show you exactly where you left off. Oh, nice. No, I've never heard of that. It doesn't exist, but it could. <laughs> right? Come right? on now. I'm a genius. I hate fucking reading, but there's an idea. That's a good idea. I know. Make a like note, Joe. Make a note, Joe. So when somebody creates this in a year from now, just like they stole my fucking gaming uh, app idea, sounds a Bitches. Right. I'm writing it right now. Highlighting ebook. Right. Realistically, I think logically it'd be a lot easier if you could, if you, it highlights as you say the word, but who really sits there and reads aloud constantly? Right. You know, I only do it when I can't, if I, if I come up to an argument that doesn't make sense to me, I'll read it out loud until I understand it. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you work out with your, uh, hopefully it works out with your Kindle. Yeah, I hope so too. I've got so many ebooks that I bought, you know, during seminary because they were on sale. Yeah. So I really want to get through them and I don't want to have to buy the, uh, you know, there, there are some books. I actually, one of the books I bought was I got it on sale for like $5 on Kindle. Um, or the, through, you know, whatever the Amazon, whatever. Yeah. Uh, if I actually bought the physical copy, it'd be like $30. Hmm. So okay. it's like I'm, I'm. I feel like I could save so much money and still get the same information. And as long as I don't need to decide anything, it's fine. Yeah. Do you so. think it'd be easier if uh, colleges just did away with textbooks and uh, made every book available electronically? I honestly don't know. Part of me says yes, and part of me says I wouldn't have made it through seminary without physical books. I mean, but, like, realistically, think about it. I mean, like, to carry around seven, eight heavy-ass books in a book bag or carry around one fucking tablet and or laptop. Yeah, it's much easier to carry. I, I actually, I right. can fit this thing in my pocket. It's wonderful. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. But, anyway, what are you freaking thinking about? Uh, you know what? Uh, starting, uh, starting this past week, uh, JFW, um, is kind of going through a revampment. Uh, I sat down, I talked with Dizzle J and Daly, 
and uh, we spent a lot of time, especially on our podcast, talking about results and everything of uh, pro wrestling we watch on TV. Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, Wednesday Night NXT or AEW. And it was kind of like one of those things where I started thinking, like, you know, it's really weird for us to talk about results of Monday Night Raw when we don't record the show until Saturday and it's not released until Monday. So it's kind of like we're we're really, like, not on track to kind of, like, you know, it, it, it's pointless. It's honestly yeah, pointless. Yeah, you're like a week behind. Yeah, and I, 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 I can be honest with you. It's fucking pointless. So I was talking to them, and I was trying to come up with an idea or a concept that we could do with the show. And what we're going to do is um, the following morning after a televised event, we're going to post the results with our own personal grading of the matches and any highlights on the Facebook page. So, like, uh, Tuesday mornings, I'm going to post the results about Monday Night Raw. You know, post their matches, who won, who lost, or who who won, who lost, the grading. I give the match and then any highlights. It was very simple. And then what we're going to do for the podcast is very similar to what we do here, but in the wrestling world, where talking about current events, wrestling news, what happened that week in wrestling, and then we'll bring those topics to the podcast and we'll talk about the events that happened, our point of views and stuff like that. Um, I think it would reach out uh, to our fans a lot differently. That way they're not sitting there listening to me talk about Monday Night Raw results that they saw six days ago. It's more about, hey, if they're not really focused on like the behind-the-scene information about wrestling, like superstars getting arrested for drunk driving or, you know, them quitting uh, on a promotion and no one knows what happened to them, stuff like that, I think it would kind of draw them in a lot earlier. Uh, also, um, there's a possibility that the uh, Southland Championship Wrestling uh, company that we work with might have their first show back in August. Uh, with that happening, uh, we're going to actually do, and I think I mentioned on this show, I might have, or at least I talked to you about it. We're going to do like a post-show, uh, live Podbean on the, on the, on the, on the card. So the following Sunday, we're going to go on Podbean Live. We're going to bring on the, uh, the wrestlers from the show before, talk to them about their matches and stuff like that and kind of like talk about the next month. But because I do so well with what I do, uh, I also was requested to keep around the Southland Championship Wrestling roundtables I do on a monthly basis. Those three-hour live Podbean things that I do just to kind of promote Southland Championship Wrestling. Um, apparently, they love them so much, and we're getting more wrestlers and stuff involved in it, that they asked if I could keep going with that, even with the Southland talk show. Um, nice. So... It's a lot of work for me, but uh, I'm talking to uh, Dally and uh, Jay to kind of help me out with that stuff, to kind of help you know, get going with everything. Uh, so basically, when it comes to Just Freaking Wrestling, we're going to have a show one Sunday a month to talk about results of the show. We're going to have a roundtable one Saturday a month to talk about what's uh, going on with uh, you know Southland in general, and then we're doing our uh, weekly um JFW shows where we're talking about events and everything, as well as giving results every single week. So JFW is going to get really busy, um, but uh, right now we're focused on doing the content thing. Uh, we're talking about doing some videos for YouTube as far as going toy hunting at toy shops for wrestling uh, merchandise and uh, memorabilia, stuff like that, as well as doing some fun little wrestling games that I would also like to maybe bring to this freaking show sometime down the line and do some funny content that we release on uh, Freaknet Studios as well. So a lot of different things pop popping up. Luckily, uh, luckily uh, we got our little intern, uh, steps, uh, <laughs> Ashley, your stepsister, nice, Ashley, my, my stepsister, sister. Ashley. Uh, intern. It would be funny if she was your stepsister. Right. It's, like, it's so weird. It would be so uh, confusing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, looking at, uh, she, she's, she's willing to help me right now that she's back and, you know, she's done with schooling, but she, you know, she's job hunting just like I am. Uh, so for the time being, she's going to be helping me, uh, kind of get some stuff here for Freaknet Studios together, as well as she's going to, kind of, she's going to help me do some woodworking projects and stuff as well. Uh, I ripped up that old deck that was in the front of my house. Nice. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take those old boards. I'm gonna re-stamp them out, restain them. Uh, she's got a machine that makes uh, decals and labels and stuff, or whatever the hell they're called. And we're gonna start making some signs and stuff to sell off as like little projects and stuff. So, um, yeah. So it's I mean I'm glad she's back. It's gonna give us an opportunity to uh, hang out and get together, and uh, just you know, it's, I'm JFW's growing. This freaking show's growing. Uh, we we're doing a lot here on our end. So I'm excited for it. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's just moving forward at this point. Mm-hmm. 
So, hey, Joe. Great action. Yeah. Every week, our listeners could catch Cartoon Joe here on this freaking show. But if an hour of Cartoon Joe just isn't enough every single week for our listeners, where can they go? Hey, if you need more Cartoon Joe, you can find me over at the GeekCast Live podcast at violentpress.com. You can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, and Twitter by searching GeekCast Live. Perfect. Guys, uh, again, thank you to Brian uh, for being on the show. Make sure you check out uh, his uh, his books at staunchambition.com or uh, Inferno City. <clears throat> excuse me, InfernoCityFirehouse.com. Uh Again, huge shout-out to Audible and Ballwash for being sponsors of the show. Make sure you check out our merchandise at tpublic.com, T-E-P-B-L-I-C.com. We can pick up all of our designs that are available on a plethora of merchandise. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just by searching this freaking show. And our episodes are released every single week on iTunes, Google Pod, Podcast, Spotify, and Podbean, just by searching this freaking show. That's all I got, guys. As always, I am Travis C. I'm Cartoon Joe. And thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show. I'm out. <laughs>